Hey, welcome to the Equippers Church Richmond podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Well, this morning um, I already felt God um, put on my heart to talk about honour. And uh, honour is one of our uh, values as a church. We have five values, um, our main values. There's lots of things we value. But f- uh, five things that kind of cap- capture our values as a church. And so um, help me out. So we've got honour, excellence, advance, reaching out, and together. Oh, not many people joined with me then. I hope it's because we don't know it. You were just too afraid. Let's do it again. So we've got honour, excellence, advancement, reaching out, and together. And so the first one is honor. Um, it's the first one because it's the first letter of the word heart, H-E-A-R-T. Um, but I don't think that's an accident. <laughs> um, I actually believe that honor is really, really, really important. And, um, and I reckon actually if we get, if we get honor right, um, everything else kind of falls into place. Like everything else kind of hangs off of honor. If we can learn what it means to truly honor the way that um, God honors, the way that we read in the Bible about um, God as an honoring father, I reckon everything else kind of falls into place after that. And so this morning I'm going to read, uh, we're going to read together quite a famous passage of scripture, a famous story that Jesus told. Um, in Luke 15, Jesus tells three stories about a lost sheep, a lost coin, and then a lost son. And so we're going to read the story about the lost son. Um, and I want it's a, it's a story maybe you've heard before, maybe you've heard somebody preach a message, but I kind of want to give a, a bit of a different perspective this morning on it, if that's okay. Um, but before we do that, I'm going to lay a little bit of a foundation of what honor is, what we're talking about. I think it's a word that kind of gets used... Um, in uh, many different contexts and many different cultures have a different understanding of what honor means. And uh, like it says on the screen, the title of our message today is Honor is the Key. Like I said, I think everything hangs off of honor. And I believe there's a key um, that honor holds in our lives to unlock something. And we're going to discover more about that. And so there's two words in the Bible um, that are translated honor in the English. There's one in Greek and one in Hebrew. And so the Greek one is Timeo, I hope I got that right. And what it means really is to, to esteem at the highest level um, or to ascribe worth to something or to give value. Um, and then the other word that's used is a Hebrew word and it's kabod, which actually means to give weight to something. And so it comes from this idea that um, people would trade with pieces of silver. Um, back in the days the Bible was written in the Old Testament. And so they would weigh these pieces of silver to see how much they were worth. And so this idea of honor is all about, um, uh, about the, uh, something that is valuable and the weight that it carries. And so it's the same with honor. The more you value something, the more weight that you'll give to it in your life. And so another way to maybe describe that is about getting behind something or, or coming under and lifting something up. This is, the, this is what the word honor means in the context of the Bible. And I reckon this principle of honor kind of underpins everything in God's kingdom. Um, it's really at the core of who he is. You know, we talk about God as the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that's a great demonstration of perfect honor. The Father honors the Son and the Spirit. The Spirit honors the Son and the Father, and the Son honors the, uh, his Father and the Spirit. There's a great sense of them honoring one another, acknowledging the true value of one another, lifting one another up, giving weight to one, what each person does. 
And um, the title of this message actually comes from a book. Um, many of you would have heard Pastor Russell Evans um, from Planet Shakers over the last few weeks. He was with us for our conference, and he wrote a book called The Honor Key. And he says this, he says, Honor is the key that unlocks the kingdom of God in our lives. It releases heaven on earth. Let me read that again. He says, honor is the key that unlocks the kingdom of God in our lives. It releases heaven on earth. The reality of heaven um, between God, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit is this culture of honor. And so when we honor, it actually unlocks something of what's true in heaven, the reality of heaven here in, on earth. And, um, and that's why it's a key. It's a key that unlocks God's kingdom here on earth. And when we honor one another and when we honor God, actually it's a key that unlocks what God is wanting to do here on earth um, in our midst. And, uh, you know, all through the Bible we see when, when there was honor, when people honored God, when people honored one another, um, God was able to move powerfully. And uh, all through the Bible we see that, and we see the opposite happening. When there was no honor, uh, when people didn't honor one another, when people didn't honor God, when, when people didn't give God the, the true value that he is worth, he actually couldn't work in the same powerful way. And we, we see a story of Jesus actually not able to perform any miracles in his hometown because the people didn't honor him. The people were too familiar with who Jesus was. They knew him as the carpenter, the little boy that grew up in their town, maybe a friend, somebody's uncle, um, and just the guy from around the corner. And they didn't actually see his true value. Um, and it's true, isn't it? Sometimes in life, we can be the same with one another. We can be... Uh, friends with one another and, and sometimes miss the true value that's on one another's lives. And so I want to say this morning, when we fail to honor God properly, we miss out on what he is wanting to do and release in our lives and release to us. And so I want to ask the question this morning, where have we become too familiar with God? Where have we become too familiar with God? I think this is a massive challenge, especially if you've been a Christian for a while. And um, I'm speaking to myself. There's many times where I've had to check my heart, um, where I've become too familiar with what God's done for me. Maybe um, you've got these thoughts going through, and I've heard that before. I heard somebody preach a message on Luke chapter 15 before, and the prodigal son. I've read that bit of the Bible. Um, or or I've, I prayed for something, and God didn't come through. Or maybe I, you just forgot what God had done in your lives. It's really easy, isn't it, as we go through our journey as a Christian, just to become over-familiar and forget all that God has done for us and then not value uh, what he's done, not value God for what he's truly worth to us. And uh, I want to say this as well. I, you know, D David actually said um, uh, in the Psalms, he said in Psalm 51, he said, restore to me the joy of my salvation. I reckon David sometimes forgot what God had done for him. He forgot about the many battles that God had helped him to win. He'd forgot um, all of God's goodness and kindness to him. And so he, he, he asked God, restore in me the joy of my salvation. I think sometimes that we have to do that. God, help me to remember all you've done for me. Help me to, um, to continually acknowledge you for who you are and how good you are. Help me honor you, God, for all your worth. And I want to say this, that honor isn't neutral. Um, um, and you might be sitting there thinking, well, I've never dishonored God. Um, but I want to say honor's not neutral. It doesn't, um, it doesn't stand still. There's a difference between being proactive and being active, if that makes sense. 
a bit like the ocean. The ocean is active, not static, right? <laughs> but the ocean's not proactive. <laughs> um, it doesn't decide one day I'm going to um, form massive waves. The ocean is just active. And it's a bit like that with honor. Honor is always active. Now, we can be proactive in how we honor, but we can't be static. <laughs> we're either honoring or we're not honoring, if that makes sense. And so... Um, Every action, every decision, every attitude and response says something about how much or how little we value the things or the people in our life. Every action, decision, attitude um, says something about how much we value and how much we honor God. Let me tell you a little story. So um, many years ago when Anna and I were dating, actually just before we were dating, uh, we'd arranged to go on a first date and... uh, Confession time, I was two hours late for the date. Um, I know. I've done many, many uh, on-my-knees groveling sessions. Sometimes she still reminds me. No, she doesn't. She doesn't. Somehow she still went on the date with me, and ten years later we're having our first child in four weeks. Um, but, um, yeah, God did something quite miraculous in that situation. Um, but but I was two hours late for this date. And... Um, and um, and actually, it was, a, it was a pattern in my life. I was often late for things, and um, I was known as, oh, this is Tom, the late guy. And so people would invite me to a party maybe 30 minutes or an hour before it actually started so that I might be there on time. And um, I thought it was kind of a funny thing. Um, people laughed about it, so I thought it was funny. I think people were laughing so they didn't cry. Um, and, um, and it wasn't until I started dating Anna and she told me that it wasn't okay to be two hours late for a date. Um, and uh, she kept at me. Um, and actually she helped me see how dishonoring it was that I was so late. Actually put little value um, on Anna. Um, and uh, it actually communicated something to her about how much maybe I valued her time and spending time with her. And so I've changed. Now I'm not Tom the late guy. I'm on time or early, um, um, but um, but everything we do, every decision we make, says something about how much we value the things, the people in our lives. And so, honor is a really, really, really important thing. I think it's really important how we honor God, and I think it's really important how we honor one another. And um, I think those two things are linked. If you remember, um, people, uh, the, the Pharisees, the religious people asked Jesus, what's the most important commandment? Many commandments, many laws in the Old Testament. And they, they asked him, what's the most important one? And he said, love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, mind, strength. And the second one is like the first one, love your neighbor. And I think the two things are intrinsically linked, the way we honor God and the way we honor one another. We can't have one without the other. We can't honor God but not honor our brothers and sisters. And we we can't um, honor one another actually truly without knowing what it is to honor God. And um, and so I wanted to read Luke chapter 15 this morning. Um, and um, we're going to read the whole thing, not the whole thing, the whole story. So it's chapter 11, uh, sorry, verse 11 through to verse 32. And you can read along with me. It's going to be on the screen. This is a story really all about honor or lack of honor. So verse 11, it said, Jesus continued after he told those first two stories. There was a man who had two sons and the younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. And so the father divided his property between the two sons. Not long after, after that, The younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. 
After he spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. And so he went and hired himself to a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to feed the pigs. And he longed to fill his stomach with the, um, with the pods that the pigs were eating, um, but no one would give him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am, starving to death. I'll set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And so he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. And then his son said to, said to him, Father, I've sinned against you, you and heaven, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And so they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, What is going on? Your brother's come home, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all of these years I have, I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who had squandered your property and prostitutes came home, you killed the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and alive and is now alive again. He was lost and is now found. It's a powerful story, isn't it? Powerful story. I hope you can kind of picture in your mind what's going on there. And, um, you know, it's, it is really a story all about honor and lack of honor. How these two sons really both dishonored their father. One was quite active in the way that he dishonored his father by taking his share of the inheritance, which in that culture, and I think probably even today, but particularly in that culture was incredibly shameful to do, incredibly dishonoring to do. But even the older son, um, his response to his brother coming home safe and sound um, was actually not particularly honoring of, of what his father had continued to give him over the years. But what I want to do today is focus on the father's response. I want to focus on the Father's response this morning and uh, really talking about the heart of the Father. You know, when the Son came back um, from living this wild life, he could have said things like, man, you really screwed up your life, or I can't believe you wasted all of my money, or you've disappointed me, son, or I'm never trusting you again with anything of mine, or turn around, you're not part of this family any longer. But instead of shaming his son, he actually chose to honor him, which is completely the opposite thing that um, the people that Jesus is telling this story to would have expected. And I'm sure the opposite to what we would expect um, the father or even ourselves maybe um, to, to react like um, in, in this situation. And, and to be honest, I think actually it's 
the opposite way to the way our, the world we live in responds to things that go on. We live in a world actually where you know, things like cancel culture exist, where people love um, to shame people for things that have happened in their lives for mistakes they've made maybe, or just situations that they even had no control of. The world we live in loves to shame people. And I love the response, uh, the, the, um, I love the, um, the response of the father's heart in this story because instead of shaming um, this son, he actually chooses to honor him. And in verse 20, it says, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. And so he ran to him and threw his arms around him and kissed him. I want to share a few different thoughts with you this morning, and, um, and hopefully we can get through them, and you'll remember them at the end. But the first thought I wanted to share is this, that honor starts with the Father. Honor starts with the Father. Honor, like we talked about before, it's actually God's idea. It's how God has existed before even the world was formed. Um, honor starts with the Father. And in this story, the Father actually um, characterizes the heart of our Father God. And so in, in order to understand biblical um, honor, we actually need to look to God for the perfect demonstration of honor because he's the source of honor. And, um, and even Jesus, in honoring his father, said, I only do what I see my father doing. He honored his father. Honor starts with the father. And um, really honor is um, the proactive demonstration of God's love. And uh, in, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 10 um, we read this, it says, This is real love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. In other words, God made the first move in giving us our true value, in sending Jesus to die on our behalf. And because of this perfect demonstration of honor within the Godhead, Jesus, when he came to earth and became a man, he knew that Father God um, uh, valued him to the highest level. And so Jesus honored his father by humbling self, himself and taking on flesh, becoming like one of us and dying um, for us, taking away the penalty um, for our sin. And so then the father honored the son. And in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9, we see this. It says, um, Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while, is now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death so that we, by the grace of God, might taste death, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. Do you get this picture? Honor starts with the Father. Jesus knew the perfect demonstration of honor because he was within the Godhead, Father, Son, Spirit. And so when Jesus came to earth, he knew that God recognized the true value in him. And then he honored his father um, by humbling himself. And then the father honored the son by exalting him to the highest place. I want to say this morning... Honor is God's idea. This isn't a man-made. Um, this isn't a man-made concept. Honor is God's idea. Honor comes from the Father. And then link into that, the second thought I wanted to share this morning um, from this story in the Bible is that actually humility paves the way for honor. And uh, you know, a good definition of humility is um, it's not thinking less of yourself, but thinking about yourself less. Does that make sense? Humility is not thinking less about yourself, but it's actually thinking about yourself less. And uh, sometimes the most humble thing we can do is actually just agree with God and get on and do what he's called us to do. And, um, you know, me and Lewis had a good chat. I hope you don't mind sharing. Um, Lewis shared the testimony um, of, of what's happened in Amber. And um, 
you know, it's not it's not Lewis's testimony, and so Lewis, like, I don't really want to be centre stage. I don't want to. I don't want this to be about me because it's it's about what God's done, and uh, and so um, we were just chatting about it. And and sometimes the most humble thing you can do is actually just get on and do what God has asked you to do, um, even though it might mean. Um, you've been in a situation that you're not so comfortable with or doing something that you hadn't planned to do. Actually, sometimes the most humble thing we can do is thinking about ourselves less, not less of ourselves. And, uh, you know, we see this uh, younger son. He comes home. In fact, before he comes home, he has this little rehearsed speech. And uh, I wonder if you can think back to a time when you were a kid and you did something you knew you weren't supposed to do. Something maybe your parents had said not to do. And um, you knew that you were going to get told off. And so before you could get told off, you'd rehearsed in your head a little speech about what you were going to say to say sorry. And, um, and uh, it never worked. Um, but this son... Um, he, he comes, before, even before he comes home, he has this little speech that he, he rehearses. He says, um, he says, I'll set out home and I'll say to my father, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your servants. And, um, and I, I really hope that there's a, there was a genuine repentance. This wasn't just a speech to hopefully um, dumb down the father's um, punishment on him. Um, I think something had changed in this guy's life, and um, and and he said, but he says, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. I want to say this morning that our worth is not based on performance or on past mistakes. You might have had somebody in your life make you feel worthless because of something you did, or something um, that you said or a mistake that you made, or maybe just not quite meeting the expectations of somebody in your world. I want to say this morning that your worth is not based on your performance or your past mistakes. And I think sometimes that's the way the world um, communicates value. It's through the way we perform, how well we do at school, how well we do in our jobs, how how good we are at meeting the expectations of our family or our friends, or the um, or the way the world wants us to. Um, live um, but but value in the kingdom of God is actually intrinsic. What I mean by that is that it's something that can't change it's something that was um, put inside you before you were born and um, and so I want to declare this morning you have intrinsic value to God. nothing can change what you're worth in God's eyes. You are each chosen by God. You are each called by God. We've each been called sons and daughters of God this morning. Jesus went to the cross to take away your sin and your mistakes and my sin and my mistakes. He valued us so much that he came from heaven to earth, lived a perfect life, and died taking away the penalty of our sin. I don't know, when I think about that, <laughs> yeah, I want to say thank you, God. I don't want to ever lose um, perspective of, of what God has done for me. You have so much value in the eyes of God. And I want to tell you this morning that that value does not change. A good way to understand honor in the Bible is actually this little illustration of a silver ornament. Now, um, we don't have silver stuff in our home, but over time, silver um, actually tarnishes. It goes a little rusty. And, um, and so something that once was shiny and maybe in prize um, place in, on a shelf, actually over time looks tired and worn and it's hard to see the value um, of it. And so what you do is you actually begin to polish this silver ornament or trophy or whatever it is. 
and, and what it does, it actually begins to draw out the value that was already there. It was still silver. It was still as valuable as it was when it was put on the shelf. But actually what honor is like, is it's like polishing silver, um, where you can actually begin to see the true value that is underneath the muck and the dirt of life. And so when we honor one another, that is exactly what we're doing. We're actually polishing the silver of one another's lives, the value that's inside each and every one of us, bringing it to the surface um, so that actually we can um, recognize the true value that's in each and every one of us. And I want to say this morning, um, we want as a church to cultivate a culture of honor where we bring out the best in one another, where we actually recognize the gifts in each other's lives and recognize what each one of us has got to bring to the table um, so that we can actually display um, the glory that God has put inside of us. I love the father's response to the son coming home saying that he has no value. He says, he says, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. I love the, that honor restores um, what was once um, glorious and um, beautiful back to its former glory. And, uh, he, you know, the father gives three gifts to the son. He gives him a robe, he gives him a ring, and he gives him sandals. The robe represents his dignity. The father covered him. And um, it, there's a whole theology around this. I won't go into it today. But actually what it does is it covers the shame um, that the son had brought on the family, that, that other, as other people looked and what this son had done, it actually covered um, the shame um, that, that he'd brought to the family. And the ring represents the restored authority. It reminds him of who he is, that he's a son in this family. And the sandals actually represent the restored position. The father reinstates him as a son, not a slave. Slaves in those days had their shoes taken off them so they couldn't run away. And so I reckon the son left home with shoes, but um, ended up enslaving himself, looking after pigs, and lost his shoes. And so the father puts on shoes in his son's feet to remind him, you're not a slave anymore, you're a son in this family. I want to declare this morning that God is giving us these things. He wants to restore these things to us. He wants to restore our dignity and cover the shame that maybe is in our lives. And he wants to put a ring on our finger, remind us of who we are and he wants to put feet on our, uh, sandals on our feet to remind us we're not slaves, but we're sons and daughters in God's family. Honor is restorative. Two thoughts um, there were honor starts with the Father and humility paves the way for honor. The third thought I wanted to share this morning is that honor is an issue of the heart. Isaiah chapter 29 verse 13 says this. It says, these people come near me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And, um, you know, we can do all the right things and we can say all the right things. We can act a certain way. But unless something is happening on the inside, it's just lip service. It's just lip service. And that's what this um, uh, God is saying to his people in this passage. Um, they come near me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And so honor is all about um, the condition of our heart, but it can't stay um, something that happens on the inside. Proverbs chapter 23 verse 4 says this, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. And so honor is a reflection of both the inward condition of our heart and the outward expression of what is in our heart. Does that make sense? 
Honor is a reflection both of the inward condition of our heart and also the outward expression of our heart. We can't just honor somebody in our hearts. Honor actually has an action. Um, like we're talking, it's an active thing, not a, not, a, not a static thing, but it's an active thing, something that we have to do. And that's why it's so important when we come together and we praise and we worship God, because actually it's an outward expression of what's happened on the inside. We can thank God all day on the inside, but unless it has some sort of outward expression, it's not complete. We can't honor God fully until we learn how to act outwardly express that how we honor reveals the condition of our heart like that psalm says everything we do flows from what's going on inside of our heart and we see that with the older brother Um, you know the condition of his heart was exposed um, when this son came home he says this to his father look all these years I've been slaving for you and I've never disobeyed your orders yet you never gave me even a young goat so that I could celebrate with my friends And the father's response, he says, son, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. You see, um, the fact that the older son did not honor his father was exposed when the father honored the younger son. And so honor is an issue of the heart. I'm going to keep going. Um, The last thought I wanted to share this morning is this, is that honor is given, not demanded. You might be able to say it like this, is that honor is the opposite of control. And uh, it always amazes me that the father allowed his son, his younger son, to go off with his inheritance and waste it. It always amazes me that the father allowed that to happen. Um, I wonder whether, um, as parents, we would let our kids do that, take our car or our house or our life savings. Would we let them do that? Um, But actually, the, the, the father knows that if he tries to control his son, um, there's actually no room for honor in that relationship. And so he longs for his younger son to come and honor him, but he can't demand it. And, um, and so I want to say this, that honor is not the same as obedience or submission. And I think many times in life, actually, we, we substitute the word honor for submit or obey. And, um, you know, the, um, in the, in the Old Testament, there was a list of the Ten Commandments, and one of them um, is honor your father and mother. And uh, I reckon sometimes we've sub- submitted, um, we've replaced, substituted the word honor with submit or, or obey. And, um, and actually, that's a distortion of, of what it means to truly honor. Honor is given, not demanded. And like I said before, um, we want to create a culture of honor. We want to create a culture where it's normal to honor one another. It's, it's not normal to bring one another down, but it's normal for us to bring out what God has put on the inside of us. And I'm so grateful that um, we're in a, I'm, I've grown up in a context where, where the, th- the gifts and graces on people's lives are honored. I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for people um, honoring what God had put on the inside of me. I didn't see it. It was like silver that had become tarnished. I didn't see it, but people around me were able to polish it and bring it to the surface and actually reveal what God had put on my life. And I pray that that is the culture of our church, that when we come together and we speak with one another and when we gather, that actually we would bring out what is on the inside, that we would honor one another, that we would lift one another, we'd give weight to one another, we would ascribe true worth to one another, um, so that actually what God has put inside of us could be revealed. And so honor 
is a choice. It's a choice based on a core belief that we have intrinsic value, that each one of us is valued by God. It's not performance-based. It's not just lip service. It's not flattery, but it reveals the true value. And uh, it's often hidden. You know, it's often been covered over. I think the enemy would like nothing more than to cover over what we're truly capable of. And so, Avali, if you want to come up, um, coming to the end this morning, I shared a quote at the start from Russell Evans. It says, honor is the key that unlocks the kingdom of God in our lives. So it releases heaven on earth. This is a foundational principle, I think. Honor is the key that unlocks the kingdom of God in our lives. It releases heaven on earth. I want, to, I want this to be a place where the reality of, of heaven, the reality of what, um, of the truth that God lives within is released here on earth. I want to take hold of all that God has for us. And I reckon honoring one another is one of the keys to unlock that and release it here on earth. And so I think it's really important the way that we honor each other. I think it's really important the way that we bring out the true value in one another. I think it's also really important the way that we learn to honor God and give God the praise that he's, he's due. And it's really important when we worship God to ascribe greatness to Him, what He's truly worth. And so this morning, I wondered if we could do that for a moment. And I invite you to stand this morning. I'd love for us just to sing this morning, just to begin to honor God and honor His presence. One of the things that we talk about often in church is honoring the presence of God. I pray that we never take for granted the price that was paid for us to be in God's presence. Before Jesus died to take away our sins, actually there was a huge separation between us and God. When Jesus died for us, actually what it did is it gave us access to be in God's presence once again. And, you know, sometimes it can be easy to lose sight of that in the busyness of life and even on Sundays we can come tired or we can come maybe disillusioned or maybe we've been here before I pray we never lose sight of the privilege and the honor and the price that was paid for for us to be in God's presence and God is here in this room this morning God's presence is among us this morning God is here come on as we begin to sing this morning the song that we sung before let something that's within our hearts begin to be released like we talked about before what's in our heart being released as an outward expression thanks for tuning in and listening to today's message if you like what you heard why not subscribe or share with a friend or family member to find out more about equippers church head to equippers.co.uk